3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: What's up, Open Floor Globe? This is Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm back after a refreshing vacation in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Uh, thanks so much to Chris Herring, Miren Fader, Jeremy Wu, and. Of course, my man on the other line, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadkarni, a.k.a. Mr. Pedro Power, for holding it down. Um, how, how are we doing, homie? Long time no, no talk.
5: You know, Mike, everything was going great until seconds ago when I, I, you know, there was like a cold brew concentrate on sale at the grocery store yesterday. So mm-hmm. I picked it up, thought I would save a little bit of money on the daily coffees that I'm buying and my avocado toasts etc uh, etc et and i took a sip and it's awful and i don't know if it's <laughs> the milk i bought i don't know if it's the water i've used in it or if it's the coffee itself but it was really upsetting that right there a moment ago
4: are you, know an you o- are you an oat milk person an almond milk person 2%? I an, what,
5: what, i'm what? an oat milk person but i still consume dairy i just genuinely like oat milk me too yeah,
4: but I am also lactose intolerant. Uh, okay. It is deli- It is delicious.
5: It is. Thankfully. I like. I don't know if you heard me, but I made an audible noise as we were starting up after I took a sip. Like, oh, this is bad. The <laughs> worst part is, I think I'm still gonna finish it. Um, so everything was. Yeah, hopefully I can recover to do this podcast because that was a tough blow. Well, we have
4: a lot to cover today. We do. Rohan. We
5: certainly do. This is this is really that time of year when. I think a lot of NBA people are a little bit like, you know, we're all ready to kind of put the game aside for a little bit. The finals happen, the have happen, but then you just get immediately swept up in the excitement of free agency. You
4: get swept up in it, and it's also like the most important time, even though it, it really isn't, but it is in terms of what we do for a living and just the interest in the league, which is a totally different conversation, but it is fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, On today's show, we're going to sift through our top three winners and top three losers from day one of free agency, which was yesterday. And, you know, maybe some there will be some breaking news while we're recording, which would be very exciting that we can respond to. (laughs) Um, But before we get there, um, we'd just like to shout out, of course, the Open Floor Globe for all the incredible emails that you guys have sent over the past, um, well, I guess forever, but keep sending them into openfloormail at gmail.com. I read a few out loud uh, to my wife on vacation, and even though she had no idea what I was talking about and, and begged me to stop multiple times, they were all fantastic. <laughs> and I'd really love to get some about free agency to answer over our next few shows because you guys are so smart and ask such thought provoking questions. Um, okay, Rohan. Uh, so, how do you want to do this? Do you want to give me, you want to start winners? Do you want to start losers? Do you want to kick things off?
5: I'd love to kick things off. Can I kick things off with my number one loser?
4: Oh, we're doing losers first. Yeah, we don't
5: have to. I mean, we could alternate. We could alternate.
4: No, that's beautiful. I love to. I have a lot of losers. I have more than three. Um, Okay. So my only fear is that we'll never get to the winners. Gotcha. (laughs) start here, but that's fine. Hit me with your number one loser.
5: Uh, my number one loser is people who are tired of hearing about Heat culture because guess what? Because guess what, Mike, the Miami Heat are back. I could mm. I could see you pounding the table in anger yesterday. I could just picture it so clearly. Not only after they acquired Kyle Lowry, but after stealing PJ Tucker right out from under the Bucks billionaire owners, who I guess couldn't find the uh, pocket change necessary. To keep P.J. Tucker around.
4: We will be addressing them later. At least I will be, yes.
5: Um, In all seriousness, I'll say this about the Heat. I don't know. I mean, let's cut right to the chase. I don't know that they're title contenders after the moves they made on Monday to start free agency. I do think projecting the performance of two guys who are on the wrong side of 35 and Lowry and Tucker is a little tricky. Tucker had some nice moments during the playoffs. He also had other moments where he frankly did look cold. Um, having said all of that, you know, I see some people also at the same time being like, they're giving Jimmy Butler a max extension. They're giving Lowry all this money. Here's the thing. What's the alternative, okay? I just, I'm happy that they're going for it, not only as... Someone who grew up in South Florida wearing a Florida Panthers hat, but as someone who in general likes when teams are actively trying to win, uh, the fact that they're not shying down from Milwaukee after getting swept, not shying down from the looming juggernaut that is Brooklyn, that makes me excited as someone who watches the NBA, and that's something that I always try to bake into free agency a little bit. I know a lot of the time, a lot of the conversation is almost always balking at some of the big contracts. But to me, if the alternative is not trying to win, not trying to improve your roster, I don't hate it. So the people who are tired of hearing about heat culture, well, guess what? They got two guys in Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker who are going to soak that right up, who are going to become incredibly annoying to your favorite team at some point during the season, as if they weren't already in the past. They're absolutely going to get asked about it about three months into the season when Spo has them at like 24-9, and Kyle's going to talk about how he's in the best shape of his life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So for the people who are upset about how often Heat culture brings up comes up, I'm sorry, but I think the Heat are in a good position after yesterday.
4: So I'm even more optimistic, I guess, about Miami than you are. I, I think that they are a bona fide contender. Um, Ooh. I loved. – they're my number one winner easily. You're not – I guess that sadly ropes you into – being a winner, um, (laughs) in my estimation, um, for the time being at least, but no, I, I like, I don't understand anyone who, I, I haven't seen too much criticism actually about the Kyle Larry transaction. I thought that was a coup. Um, I thought that signing Duncan Robinson, who, you know, if I was another team, that was the, that would have been one of my number one targets, honestly, despite, um, him having a little bit of, a few shortcomings on the defensive end that can be poked at in the postseason. I think that when you have someone who can shoot the ball as well as he can, contested, um, on the move, uh, his DHO game with Bam Adebayo has developed into something very special, and he's only getting better and more comfortable with the ball in his hands. Um, He's just, like, to get him and keep him while adding Lowry... Um, while adding P.J. Tucker at a very reasonable price, two years, $15 million, which um, we're going to get into the Milwaukee Bucks soon, mm-hmm. but that was a total, it, it's an insult, honestly, to the Milwaukee Bucks as a defending champion for their ownership to do that. Um, and to not give up Tyler Hero in the sign and trade to get Lowry. I mean, you look at the roster, um, and you mentioned real quick, like also extending Jimmy Butler, which this is, I believe, the first time he's finally gotten the max, like the full max that he's wanted <laughs> for years. And so seeing how that impacts his play and his approach should be interesting. Um, I think it will be a positive for sure. And there's just nothing like the ch- it's championship or bust, right? Like you've got P.J. Tucker, you've got... Kyle Lowry, 35, 36, making $90 million over the next three years. And you have Jimmy, who's on the wrong side of 30 as well, who wants to win right now. So I, I love it for this team. I think Lowry is a perfect fit for Bam and Jimmy mm-hmm. as someone who can hit threes. Um, I think that uh, the it's a significant upgrade on the defensive end, adding him over Goran Dragic and, and Hero and having to play Hero and Robinson at the same time. You don't have to do that anymore. So... I I love it for Miami, and I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the finals, frankly.
5: Uh, Let me mix in a few things here, even though I feel like I'm already nervous about how much stuff we want to get to today. (laughs) I'll just say, first, in terms of the Jimmy extension, people are going to, I think, some people are going to balk at the idea that he's getting $50 million in the last year of that deal, and he's going to be in his uh, late 30s at that point. I think it's important for the organization to take care of Jimmy after what happened with Dwayne, frankly, to an extent after what happened with Bosch, I think it's important for them to take care of Jimmy, especially after he did lead them to a finals not even a year ago. Secondly, you brought this up, and I think it's important to note, but the Raptors really misplayed this Lowry situation. You mentioned the Heat acquiring him without giving up Hero. Mm-hmm. You know, the Raptors theoretically could have had Duncan Robinson at the trade deadline. They could have had someone... Getting a Chua is not nothing. I, I think that he he can be better than what he showed during his rookie season. Um,
4: First of all, like, you were talking about that guy like he was Will Chamberlain <laughs> two weeks I mean, ago. So stop right now.
5: Okay, okay. All right. Don't <laughs> make, if I brought up Robert Williams right now, you'd be like, oh, he's KG 2.0. Uh,
4: 100%.
5: <laughs> my point being, I, I think... It, in all seriousness with Achua, any rookie who struggled last year, how would they not have? I think he has the physical tools to be a really valuable rotation player, and they need help mm-hmm. in their front court. Point being, they, they could have had a better asset. I mean, they have Dragic, and he might get them back some a first-round pick, etc. But I think they could have gotten more for Lowry at the trade deadline, and I, I think they kind of mishandled that situation. Masai is untouchable. It doesn't really matter if he's getting some criticism for this move at this point, but I feel like it should be noted. Uh so I just wanted to mix that in.
4: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I, I I mean I I agree, I think. I mean we'll see what happens with Dragic and a lot of this is like we're judging T B D situations. Right. I mean that
5: Dragic trade could end up being folded into something with the Mavs, et cetera. There's definitely mm-hmm. still a lot a lot of uh moves still to be made.
4: Right, so we 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 you know we caveat all of our analysis, hmm. um, <laughs> understanding that we are only one day into free agency, but still, um, okay. So I guess like we that was not losers. We just did winners, kind of with the heat. Well, and yeah, we both... a
5: little bit. I you know I turned the tables on you there, didn't
4: I? You did, you did. I appreciate that. I always <laughs> stay on my toes with you, Rohan. Um, okay, so can I give a loser now?
5: Please, please. Right, I did just, uh, give a loser because I know that the Heat culture eye rollers were, were going through it yesterday.
4: <laughs> um, let's just talk about the Bucks really quick.
5: Ooh, Who
4: I, I just said that we might get breaking news, and we actually did get breaking news. I don't know if you saw Rowan, but Rodney Hood just signed with the Bucks two seconds oh, ago. According it's not, to it's yesterday. not a.
5: Bud retiring like we talked about on the pod two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, it wasn't. Um but they signed Rodney Hood to a one year deal, so that's okay. that's something. Um Okay, I mean that doesn't really alter my own. It doesn't.
5: Um,
4: no. So the Bucks ownership for, like I'll just start by saying I hate when owners grab the trophy at the end of the worst like they're the first to touch the trophy and we just need to stop that um
5: it's like a twist ending nobody wants in a movie it's like we've been watching these characters you know the players go through this epic journey for a couple months and then all of a sudden someone who we've never seen before comes in at the last second and takes credit for everything that's what it's Mm -hmm. like when owners Come and take the trophy. It's awful. Everybody hates it. I don't know anybody who likes it.
4: Right. So, Wes Eden's, uh, Mark Lazary, the two um, principal owners of the Milwaukee Bucks, two years ago, they decided they had a bunch of free agents off a 60-win season um, that ended in disappointment, and they decided to keep Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. And I'm blinking on the third free agent they decided to re-sign.
5: Well, they resigned signed um, Bledsoe that year before the season ended. Right, they Do extended they him, yes, extension?
4: yes. Um, and they essentially opted to keep Bledsoe and Lopez, in my eyes, those two over Malcolm Brogdon, who they decided, they signed and traded him to the Indiana Pacers, and the reason was they didn't want to go into the luxury tax. Um, this season, they actually did dip above the luxury tax, barely because of uh, a... Um, an addendum to Drew Holiday's contract. He got a bonus when they won the title, so that put them in the luxury tax technically. Um, But this year upcoming, they're way in the luxury tax, and one of the reasons why they didn't want to be in it two years ago is because of the repeater tax, and we don't need to really get into all those permutations, and it's just really a headache to discuss money like that. But basically, they're in a situation where um, after they win the title – PJ Tucker, they have PJ Tucker's bird rights, and they're basically able to offer him whatever they want. They're able to match any contract offer that he gets. And I think he anticipated coming back based on what he posted on Instagram, um, saying that he was uh, shocked (laughs) by the fact that he's going to play for the Miami Heat and not have an opportunity to run it back with the Bucs. He signs a two-year, $15 million deal with Miami instead. And, you know, I have some numbers here, um, courtesy of the Athletics' Eric name um, and his piece on this. Basically, signing um, P.J. Tucker to a two-year $15 million deal would have put the Bucks $22.2 million over the tax and create a tax payment of $53.3 million dollars. So that's the money we're talking about. And the difference between P.J. Tucker and, you know, I guess they signed Sammy Ojale, they signed Rodney Hood. It's not $50 million in terms of talent between those two players. But that's really not what this is about. Like, this is about the heart and soul of the team and one of the, the biggest reasons why you just won the NBA championship and you're disrespecting him letting him go. You're disrespecting Giannis Antetokounmpo letting him go you're disrespecting Bobby Portis who just signed a 2-year 9 million dollar deal a humongous pay cut for Bobby Portis to stay home and he showed loyalty so like i'm it's just like offensive frankly uh, it's a to- it's a
5: bummer man it's a huge bummer and let's not how about an insult to the fans who paid tax money for that new arena their owners demanded that's what really bothers me anytime we get a situation like this. Where, yeah, I understand if you're looking at the you know the cold hard economics of it, you know you're not necessarily paying PJ Tucker seven and a half million. You're paying him closer to twenty three million because of the tax, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, these owners are super, super rich. How much money do you think they make from a Bucks title run? You know, it, it pales in comparison to what it costs to keep a team together. And you, you owe it to your fans to keep the team together. You owe it to your star who committed to you long term to keep the team together. I, it's it's incredibly disappointing. It's incredibly disappointing. It's incredibly frustrating. And, and their their ownership deserves to be called out. If that is the case, I, I think we're doing a slight reading between the lines. Although I, I think Eric Name kind of spelled it out a little bit in his report that that's what happened there. And it's 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 inexcusable is really what it is. And and. You know if they fall short we're we're always going to wonder if ownership was as committed as they could have been to building a championship team because they wanted to cut corners where they could it's
4: yeah it's it's just it, it stinks, and I get the ludicrous dollar amount that this would have cost them, and I get that pJ Tucker is thirty seven years old but again it's just like it's not about that for me like it's about like respect for The players who are sacrificing to stay put. And it's like Giannis didn't have to stay
5: in Milwaukee.
4: And he stayed after you cut corners with Malcolm Brockton two years ago. And that potentially could have cost them the title in 2020. So I don't know. It is what it is. There's a lot more to get to. But that's just like my, my, my top, not my top reaction from the day, but one of the things that made me most angry when I saw that they didn't get They didn't keep P.J., which was the rumor um, leading into the first day of free agency was, oh, yeah, of course they're going to re-sign P.J. Tucker. Um, They have his bird rights, and they would be able to then, um, given what Bobby Portis did, which was, like, sacrifice, I don't even know how much money, but a lot of money.
5: (laughs) Bobby Portis Um, probably took half as much money, at least, as he could have gotten. on the A fraction. A fraction. You Um, know, teams were lining up to give him the mid-level exception.
4: 100 percent and so i don't know if rodney Hood just signed they signed him either for the vet men or if they use their taxpayer mid-level to sign him on that one-year deal i'm not sure that reporting has not come out yet but if it isn't then they still technically have the taxpayer to spend and we'll see what happens there but um congrats to the bucks fans for winning the championship but your ownership let you down here and it's a bummer um okay rohan give me another loser
5: Well, how about we go, we continue in the vein of not keeping your guys, and let's go with the Lakers defense as one of my big losers uh, from Monday. I think it's time to have the conversation about the Lakers offseason, which is...
4: Oh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it.
5: Listen, Rob Polinka gets the benefit of the doubt because the title team he put together was a team I had a lot of questions about. Okay, the 2020 Lakers, I never fully bought into them. They never quite made sense to me. They won the title, okay? In the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just let that hang there for a second. Okay, so every move they've made this year, it feels like there was another move for them to make that was an obvious choice and also a better one. So starting with the Westbrook trade, I know you were out last week. I wasn't a fan of the Westbrook trade. Every passing day, I become less of a fan of it, especially when you could have given up half the assets and gotten Buddy Heald, who makes more sense next to your current roster as opposed to Westbrook. Instead, you give up more players for a player in Westbrook who is talented, but nobody is yet to figure out how to make him work on a championship team. And... You're at a point in LeBron's career where you can't be like doing experiments, okay? You, you just got to figure <laughs> out what works and do that uh, until you can win. And then yesterday, okay, I don't hate the guys they brought in. Dwight was good for them. I think Wayne Ellington can have you know some moments there. Trevor, Dwight, Ariza,
4: D- D- Dwight Howard, the guy who they decided to let go after they won the championship, <laughs> who they could have well, just brought yeah. back.
5: True, that is true. Uh, okay. Point being whatever. The Dwight signing's not bad. Ariza, if he plays a smaller role, I think is gonna be in a better position than he was in Miami where he had some good moments. Uh what other former Lakers did they bring in? Um Wayne Ellington. Wayne Ellington, yeah. I, I think I mentioned Wayne. I think I think Wayne's a great shooter and he's improved a lot since his last stint in Los Angeles. Certainly. I just defensively, what's he gonna do in the playoffs? All of this is to say is you want to talk about bird rights and being able to keep guys them not keeping Alex Caruso makes no sense to me none whatsoever. Uh Sam Amick reported this in the Athletic. The Lakers didn't even make a counter offer to Alex Caruso when he brought back his offer from the Bulls. Talk about I he told me on the phone. He was like, "Listen, I'm like playing with LeBron James like on the Lakers like I'm grateful like this is the dream. Like how many players have it better than me?" Talk about a guy who probably would have been willing to take a discount, who uh, who maybe would have taken less years, etc. Who understands the value of his role on the Lakers, uh, and a guy who's a star in it who doesn't ask for more. Why wouldn't you want someone like him around who has incredible chemistry with your best player? And instead, you bring in all these like limited vets, uh, Kent Bazemore going back, mm. you know, guys who are one dimensional, older, etc who's going to be the hustle guy on this team? Uh, I just I don't like what they've done. It feels like they've gotten so much older so much more quickly when they didn't need to. Even if they simply brought back all of last year's team, that would have been a great summer for the Lakers because last year's team was great until they got hurt. So I just am kind of befuddled by what the Lakers have done, and it feels like every move they've made has made their defense a lot worse, which has been the real backbone of their success the last couple of years.
4: Yeah, their their defense is um, – we'll see. I, I am not optimistic that it will be the best defense in the NBA next season. You lose Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You lose Alex Caruso. LeBron James is a year older.
5: I Even um, Kuzma like, had some versatility on that end of the floor. Sure, like, I mean, are they going to start – if they start Dwight on opening night. Well,
4: Marcus Gasol Gasol has said that he will resign with the Lakers, so he'll probably be their starting center. We'll see. You know, the fact that they brought Dwight back tells me that Anthony Davis is – you know, there were some murmurs that he was ready to play the five. It's just like, no, (laughs) he's not. And, you know, I wasn't expecting him to come – after a season in which he got hurt to in the playoffs to then be like, yeah, I'm going to take the physical pounding and the paint for an entire season now and be the starting center and not have to guard Jokic. It's just like, that's just not, I'm going to have to guard DeAndre Ayton and and try to get rebounds with him and battle. It's just like, that was never going to happen in my eyes. And that's been kind of the crux of this entire team, despite the fact that they did win the NBA championship two years ago. Um, but you lose Caruso when you're. I mean, it's just like it's 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 very similar in a, in a sense to what we just discussed with PJ. Absolutely, Tucker.
5: they could have afforded to keep him, but they, I, you know, they get worried about the tax. At some point, we also have to have the conversation if the NBA. It feels like every CBA just unleashes a million unintended consequences. Whether it was the Supermax, basically creating like a whole new ecosystem of stars wanting out early or the repeater tax, etc. Is this what the NBA wants for teams to be like incentivized and not well it's a yeah. player movement, but it's also it gives owners an out to not keep their good teams together too. If you're a small market team like the Bucks for example, and you finally do build a championship team, mhm but now you're worried about the repeater tax, which the Bucks owners—let me point out—should not be because they're very wealthy, even if they do have a "quote unquote" small market team. Is that good for the league that owners are so scared of the repeater tax that even the small market teams that build contenders break them up? I, I, I don't know. I just think that it's uh, it's one of those things where I, I think the the intention was good, but the the practice hasn't always been right for the
4: league. Yeah. And I think we should point out real quick to the Lakers um, um, credit that, again, this is the first day of free agency. Uh, Patty Mills is still a free Mm -hmm. agent and you could sign him. um, And that would be an upgrade over Alex Caruso, in my opinion. Um, Andre Iguodala is still a free agent. We'll see where he lands. Uh, Technically, DeMar DeRozan is a free agent. I know that him going to the Lakers, uh, the analytic community, would set themselves on fire if that tweet from Woj ever popped in on, on their phone and they saw that, but... You know, we'll see what happens. I'm, I am don't, you know, I'll, I'll say that this team is a contender, of course, because they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And if those two guys are healthy, then sure. I'm not going to say that they right. can't I, win the NBA championship. I, but.
5: I, exactly. The thing is, LeBron and AD are so good, they can make all of us look silly. It just is a risky way to build a team around LeBron at this point in his career.
4: Right, and I mean it fundamentally goes back to the Westbrook trade, which I was on vacation for, and I'm kind of glad that I was because I would have <laughs> had a lot of takes on that one and nothing positive really to say about it. So we can just kind of skate on from there and agree that the Lakers are total losers and one of the worst organizations <laughs> in the NBA.
5: I wouldn't go that uh, far <laughs> as a as a longtime Angelino. Sure, yeah, uh, just bleeding Dodger blue and Forum blue and.
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
5: or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, okay, well, you you should give another loser because you texted me last night that you have (laughs) many rants that you need to unleash today. And I feel like we got one semi-rant out of you about the buck. So I want to hear about one of the rants that you had.
4: Okay, so you cut a little bit of this from me in Slack last night when we got the news. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans just like <sighs> what what's going on? I mean, I I, I this this just it, it like cuts to my core and offends me because I want to see Zion I want to see Zion Williamson just be great. I want to see him flourish. I want to see him on a team that makes sense. I want to see spacing. I want to see um competent veteran I just want it all for him. and the Pelicans are just tripping over themselves right now um in trying to build a competent basketball team for Zion Williamson to to flourish in. And so, you know, this goes back to a couple weeks ago where they, they shed salary, they shed Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams um, using a first-round pick. So they get off of those contracts, bring back Jonas Valanciunas, who is described as a sharpshooter. Uh, maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but not <laughs> a spacer. I don't understand why we're, we're pegging him like that. He's not. He's going to be in the paint. He's not a great fit with Zion. I'm sorry. Um And last night, you know, what triggered my anger was uh, a sign-and-trade with Devontae Graham, who I think is perfectly fine. I think the money that he's getting on that contract is perfectly fine. The fact that they had to give up a protected first-round pick to get him when you have cap space to sign Dennis Schroeder, you have cap space to sign um, Spencer Dinwiddie— uh, maybe the timing is a little bit off with that because, we, you know, when we get things and when things are being negotiated, I, we don't know. But that just did not seem like the type of move when, you know, they're linked to Kyle Lowry in the, the days leading up to yesterday. And, you know, obviously Mike Conley goes back to Utah and Chris Paul goes back to Phoenix. But Devontae Graham is just not. He's not like a starting. He's a downgrade from
5: Lonzo Ball. I don't know how they let the Lonzo situation deteriorate. I
4: I didn't even get to that part of it, which is you sign and trade away the the guy who is talented and on Zion's timeline, and let him go to Chicago, and you accommodate that, and you get back Thomas Enniransky and Garrett Temple, who then you (laughs) resign. I just like I'm out of breath. Like just, it, 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 I'm flustered right now. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't I, know what they're doing. And can I offer a,
5: a mild and tepid defense of David Griffin? Sure. So first of all, I will say going back to last year, I don't understand what the rush to trade Drew Holiday ever even was. Where he just magically appeared on the trade market. And I'm like, did he ask out? Or why are the Pelicans so interested in moving him? Like, why would you not want him playing with Zion Williamson? Last year was a disaster for the Pelicans because it, this team should be good. Like, Brandon Ingram's a good player. They had Lonzo, who's a good player. They had Josh Hart, who is, like, a perfect third or fourth guy to have on a team who you can just shoot threes and defend, etc. To me, the, the first domino was the Steven Adams trade. Because here's, here's the tricky part for the Pelicans – that I think, honestly, is maybe their biggest issue right now, is they they can't play Zion at center because their defense would absolutely go in the tank. And, you know, they can't have him taking that physical beating, etc. As, as big and strong as he is, him playing center full-time is not a good option. But there are very few centers in the league that make sense next to Zion. I, I mean, and I think that's, like, where their problems stem from right now, Mike, because you know if if they could figure that out it almost wouldn't you know then I think the other pieces would fall into place everyone would be happy etc the offense would be humming but like go down the list of centers in the league like who makes sense next design because he is exclusively operating in the paint on the block you know near the rim you have to keep that space clear like who should their starting five be I genuinely think Kelly Olenek like I tell me who else
4: well, Kelly Olynyk, who signed, what was his deal that it's he signed? Three year, thirty seven with the Pistons. I okay, believe? that's that's not a bad fit. I yeah. mean, Miles Turner, obviously. Turner Chris would Taps, be a
5: great get. Chris
4: Porzingis is like the yeah. Taps is like the the grade A. Well, I don't even know if he's grade A, but he's just the most expensive and obvious type right. of fit with Zion. Um, you know, Daniel Tice is would be a, a, a really good a bad fit one. with Zion. Um, there's some, there's some names out there. I so just, that to
5: me is like, and I, I, the reason I have some sympathy for Jane, David Griffin is because I, I, who knows what his relationship with Rich Paul is like, but for whatever reason, the Lonzo situation deteriorated the way it did. It's not a big free agent destination. I thought that they made an aggressive hire in getting Stan Van Gundy, who's an accomplished coach, but it didn't work out. This offseason has been frustrating, but they did what they could do in terms of clearing space for a Lowry or Chris Paul, but they didn't want to go there. And then what do you do? I, I To me, I, I probably have more issue with the years they gave Devontae, even though he can turn into a nice bench piece if they do find an upgrade at that position. It is just, yeah, I, I think the they're in a tricky position because as great as Zion is... At this current stage in his career, he's a defensive liability. So they have to be very careful about how they construct the rest of the front court. And I think those issues are trickling down everywhere else on the roster. But because it doesn't make sense that they weren't even good last year when they had... I mean, J.J. Redick off the bat. Like, they had a lot of talented players.
4: Speaking of J.J. Redick, um, you know, this is potentially reckless talk. And I'm sorry. But... We go back to when J.J. Redick was traded to the Dallas Mavericks mm. at the deadline, and he had some words for David Griffin and for the New Orleans Pelicans. That he did. Front but was, office. It, so me,
5: was it all just podcast promo? Should we be taking me, shots at general manager? Okay.
4: It's, it's possible. <laughs> and maybe this is podcast promotion as well as I speak um, out of turn a little bit. But I'm just connecting dots as a uh, NBA observer. Uh JJ Reddick is represented by CAA. Zion Williamson is represented by CAA. Hmm. Devontae Graham represented by CAA. So is
5: I mean like oh like eighty five percent of the world is represented by I know, CAA. Let's I know. just throw that out there. Yeah,
4: yeah. I know that's that's very true and very fair. I just I, I wonder if the Devontae Graham transaction was mm. a, 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 make make you or a make good, might, make good. Mm. That's much better. Um, maybe not. That's, you know, but if it was, then those things happen in the league and you just kind of got to roll with it. But I also thought that the Pelicans, you know, maybe this isn't the greatest um, fit in terms of timeline. And it's a bad one, mm. frankly. But you bring in, like, why not trade the pick that you sent to Charlotte or another pick or whatever to the Thunder for Kemba Walker? If you're really trying to change your culture and get a guy who's, who's good, who's better at basketball than Devontae Graham, I know he's obviously way more expensive. Um, but, again, this isn't – But, yeah. He's got his knee, yeah. But, you know, I, I – he's, must... he's
5: the kind of guy that's worth them taking a chance on, I believe.
4: Right. It just seems like a a good... It it seems like an okay fit. And I'm not like killing the Pelicans for not making that deal or anything like that. But I just thought that that was a possibility for them. and I don't know. They're they're losers for me.
5: I just think Lonzo, uh, Ingram, and Zion was such a good core to build around. And three guys who were on a very similar timeline. That they should have found a way to make that work. I mean, again, the Lonzo thing is difficult because obviously he clearly wanted out by the end. But, and maybe that was because they never, they never showed an interest in extending him before he became a restricted free agent. But I, uh, they should have found a way to make that work. If you're trying to
4: win and you're, you're kind of forwarding yourself as an organization that's trying to compete right now, which the Pelicans are, that's what they've telegraphed by a, a lot of their moves of late. It's just like your your big day one move is you sign and trade to get Devante Graham and you yeah. lose your third best player. I, I, it just doesn't it doesn't compute for me. Um, can I
5: um, can I tell you another one of my winners? Because we just got some very I hesitate to call it breaking news, but we got some news about them.
4: Okay, you're, you're breaking the news. <laughs> you're, looking to me, up, I think. you're looking up. <laughs> I know,
5: yeah. It's so unimportant that it didn't it, it didn't register on your radar. Well, okay. one of my winners, the Brooklyn Nets, just picked up James Johnson on a one year deal. I did see that, yeah. The Giannis stopper. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. They they kind of did need someone. I don't think that he can be as good as Jeff Green was for them, but they needed someone to take up a little bit of the Jeff Green role after Jeff Green went to Denver. Good for Jeff love Green. Love that by move. The way. Love love that love, move for love, Jeff Green.
4: Love, love it the for Nuggets
5: Love the Nuggets offseason so far. Mm-hmm. Although it's a bummer mm-hmm. Paul Millsap. It's gone. Paul Millsap hasn't signed while we're recording this. There should be a line to get Paul Millsap if he can be gotten for cheap. And if he's a backup big for you, I think that's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Nets are winners. And I had them winners after the drafts, too, because it feels like all the other contenders can't get it going. The Sixers still haven't found a trade partner for Simmons. I was expecting a little bit more from the Warriors yesterday. Obviously, I think Otto Porter, if he's healthy, which is a big if, is a really nice pickup for them. Allegedly, the favorites to get Iguodala. There was weirdly no more movement on that yesterday. But I think the Warriors can be great, but they still feel like they're a move away. The Lakers, I think we both think have gotten a little bit worse. The Clippers and Nuggets still have injuries to, to top guys. I think the Nets have to be really happy about how all of their competition is stacking up right now because none of them, I think, have made the kind of move that would really scare them. And yeah, you know, it looks like Bruce Brown is coming back uh, on, a, on his qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. They lose Jeff Green, but they get James Johnson. They're going to get some other guy at the buyout uh, deadline. Blake Griffin's coming back, et cetera. I just think the Nets are in a really, really good spot, and largely because they, they just have to sit back right now with their three guys. And see what everyone else does, and I don't think anyone's done anything meaningful to catch up to them.
4: Right. They also made the Landry Shamit, uh, Javon Carter trade right. be- beefed up their their defense a little bit, which I thought was a good move. And um, there's something else that they did that was interesting to me that I'm my my brain is freezing over right well, now. It'll come back. Oh, yes.
5: People like their draft picks. No, their, no, no, no.
4: The um, Spencer Didwitty. Um, mm. Being a, a, a sign and trade candidate with the Wizards, and the Wizards just got Kuzma and Montres Harrell, And so there's um, some talk about that deal opening up.
5: Uh, oh, for, interesting.
4: For, uh, for them to get an opportunity to get one of those two, most likely Kuzma, which. Oh, that would be a
5: freaking coup. That would be nuts.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so the that, Lakers that would- are going to
5: make themselves worse and make the Nets better with this Westbrook trade? <laughs> Is that really what's going to happen?
4: Uh, make themselves significantly worse and give, like, a, like just gift a... gift the it's, Nets? It's, yeah, it's not like a lifeline, because the Nets are... They're floating along on the Titanic, and the Titanic has not sunk yet, but it's like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't even know what it is. It's like a gift certificate when you're already a rich person and you don't need one. Um,
5: it's like it's like uh, you pay for MMs at the vending machine and like three bags fall out. <laughs> 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 they're just getting like oh free peanut Ms. That's
4: exact. I like your analogy a lot. Thank you, than mine. thank you. Um, okay, so you like the Nets off season so far? Yes. Day one. That's fair. I want to see if they extend any of their, their best players. Mm. That would be interesting to see. There's there were some extensions that sign that we haven't mentioned that um, we probably won't just because they were all expected. Although yeah. SGA getting the max this early, I, just I like straight good. up was no. That's great. I, yeah. I like it for the Thunder, frankly. Um, okay, let's. Okay, oh, so hey,
5: hey, you mentioned hey. the Thunder, reminded me. Can I tell a uh, can I tell a Russell Westbrook story? You may. So Ramona Shelburne came out with this story this week about Russell Westbrook landing in Los Angeles two years after he called Kawhi Leonard and said, hey, you know, I'd be willing to team up, etc. Here's here's a nugget for you, Michael. Okay. I was told that was not the only phone call Russell Westbrook made uh, that summer. I heard he was trying to team up with Chris Paul and James Harden in houston and him bringing that up eventually put the wheels in motion for chris paul to get traded to the thunder which then put the wheels in motion for chris paul to end up uh on the suns where he led phoenix uh to the nba finals but yeah i was i was told that, that russell westbrook was trying to join harden and paul in houston but he ended up getting traded for chris paul
4: very interesting. I mean, you're you're laying this on me as we record, and so I can't, like... The
5: classic me just dropping <laughs> something big on Michael, giving him no time to prepare for it.
4: I'm trying to think about, like, it, would that be physically possible, given their all their contracts? I don't... Right. I don't know um but that's not on the player to understand how the cap works i guess (laughs) they could just make their phone calls and let their general managers and agents figure everything out um well that's fascinating that's that's really interesting and now he's on the lakers and they're gonna (laughs) lose in the first round again um this is it we've got an amex
1: platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When
0: you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Okay, so... Do you want to get to one, another one of your winners or do you want to give us another one of your rants?
4: I mean I'm I'm kinda of ranted out to be okay, honest. And I wanna okay. I'm trying to keep the, the vibes good here. Okay, um, okay. And and I know that I'm gonna look absolutely foolish because again, we are only talking about the first day of <laughs> Right. and a lot right. of stuff is there to happen. Um okay, actually let me let's 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 do another loser real quick. Okay. Um The Knicks. You know, we're hitting we're hitting all, all the all the can, best. Can hits we, right
5: now. Are we going to are we ever gonna reveal how we really feel about the Knicks? Because you, you and I have had some private conversations about how we felt about this Knicks season. I believe yeah. I believe you very, very charitably described it as serendipitous in your Evan Fournier free yes. agent grade is how you yeah. described the Knicks twenty twenty one season, did. which was a beautifully, a beautiful euphemism on your part.
4: Thank you. I mean. Look, it would not shock me if the Knicks just didn't make the playoffs <laughs> next season. Like, I'm sorry. like They had everything go right for them. They had wonderful health. They had...
5: Uh, Nine months Juli- off to start the season.
4: <laughs> Julius Randle was like the incredible Hulk um, going up against guys who were exhausted. And you know, credit to players like R.J. Barrett and Reggie Bullock for improving their games and for fitting into Tom Thibodeau's scheme and for being in shape, frankly to handle it um, but I just think a lot of what we saw is just not sustainable and you have the Bulls getting way better um, the you the Pacers have
5: should be healthier the
4: Pacers you have I think Charlotte's going to be a better team than the, the New York Boston's Rangers. going to be
5: a better team
4: uh, sure yes uh, the Raptors I think could be we'll see what happens with them they're they're a, uh, a TBT I mean, team for sure if
5: they get to play in Toronto I think they'll be a lot better
4: That would be um, definitely an upgrade from last year's situation. I mean, honestly, like I, this is. I hope people don't get too upset, but like I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and
5: wow, oh you, oh so hey, you're, (laughs) you first, you think a, you're asking Nick fans to be rational. (laughs) B, you're saying (laughs) you think they might be worse than the Cavs. Incredible.
4: I'm Team Jared Allen. I'm Team Evan Mobley. Um, I I'm love not Colin Team. Suxton.
5: I'm not Team Allen and Mobley together. I feel like everyone is towing the company line for some reason. They're being like they think they can play together, and it's like yeah, teams think that all the time.
4: Jared Allen got his money, and I'm happy for him. Yes, and good, I hope for he, he, he not, good for Jared Allen.
5: Good for Jared Allen. He's great. Yes. One of my favorite just guys in the league. He's awesome. Uh,
4: he's he's a cool dude, um, and I think he has
5: a role on a good team. I just. The Cavs one was weird after they just drafted a center, but alas, we're talking about the Ricky, Knicks. We're talking about the had,
4: Knicks. I know. I, want, I just want to say that they had Ricky Rubio, who dropped thirty-eight <laughs>
5: That's in true. the Olympics yeah. the other
4: day. So shout out, shout out to the Cavs. Um, okay, yeah, the Knicks. So as you uh, mentioned, I did write the grades, did do the grade for the Evan Fournier um, signing, and I gave that deal a C minus, I believe, and. Right now, you can go check out all our, our grades and our wonderful live blog for free agency on si.com, By and, the way,
5: and if you want even more winners and losers, talk. I wrote "Winners and Losers," which is now which is now live. By the way,
4: uh, yes, bearing yeah. the lead, my guy. <laughs> we should have said that at the top. Yeah, um, definitely. Everyone, go check that but, out. But, but can so, I, can
5: I can I go in on the next a little bit? Can I go in on the? Knicks you're just a like
4: bit? stealing the floor for me and stealing the spotlight. Like I'm, tra- this is my team. I would that like that to picks. think
5: we're we're sharing it. It's kind of an open okay. floor. It's kind of an open, Fair. you know. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) all right I'll let no no you finish you finish I'll save it I'll save
4: okay so the C-minus that I gave was not an indictment of Evan Fournier and it was not an indictment of the money that he got which I think I think Evan Fournier is good I think the money he got was fair particularly when you have a team option in year four which that's just wonderful for Mm the Knicks it's just more of me looking at their offseason as a whole so far and being like, this team had all the cap space. They had a significant need in a hole at point guard. They, for all the reasons that we kind of just described, I don't think that they're as good as a four seed, a typical four seed is, and should they should not be operating like a four seed. But what they did was they basically just like brought everybody back who was a free agent. Resign Derek Rose. Resign Nerland Noel. Resign Alec Burks to essentially the mid-level exception, three or thirty million dollar deal. Lose Reggie Bullock. Um, so essentially, choose Alec Burks over Reggie Bullock and um, um, go from Bullock to Evan Fournier, which is like a huge drop in um, in in defense, perimeter defense, and defensive versatility and all that. Um, and it's just like why do you know what you are and i i i don't know what their direction should be i'll I'll say that up like up front like i don't know if they should be just maximizing cap flexibility right now and really you know hoping that a star like like dame lillard or brad Beale is like yeah I'll go to new york and i can uh, get other superstars to come with me or i like I, I don't i just like i don't know what their path is to the title or to a lengthy playoff run because I'm still not a Julius Rander, believer, very frankly. frankly. Um, and so I, I I empathize from that standpoint, but I just, I, I don't like what they did at all. Like I would have been much happier if they just said, okay, we're just going to give the bag to Duncan Robinson or we're going to give the bag to uh, Kyle Lowry. Like I, I, Evan Fournier is just so meh as a way to spend, use your cap space.
5: I mean, this reminds me of that Heat team that went, 11 and 30 to start a season Then 30 and 11 the second half And Pat Riley paid to keep everyone together This sounds callous And it's not easy to do Especially after the <laughs> emotions that that team Engendered during their playoff run But I think they would have been better letting some guys walk Now granted, you know, some of these deals They handed out, Burks, Rose uh Nerland's Noel You know, maybe there are some team options that, that give them some more flexibility We haven't seen reporting like that So maybe that happens and maybe not I just I think you hit the nail on the head when you said they're operating like a four seed. They're they're operating like a team that just needed to tinker on the margins. Oh, we bring in a Fournier that solves, solves our scoring problem, like, you know, dust our hands off, like we're good to go. Mm-hmm. And that's that's I think the big issue. And I, I think I'm with you where I think they need to see one more year of play like last year from this roster before they're ready to commit to it. Because of just how strange last season was. Julius Randle, as exciting as the season was, it was like such an outlier performance that every, like, thing would tell you, like, let's – we're not going to deny that he's good, but let's just pump the brakes on committing to this group. Uh, Let's just get some more data points here. I, You know, I I brought this up at the start. Like, what, what was the alternative for them? Is it just letting guys walk? To me, their alternative was, like you said, at least trying to keep their flexibility in case a, a trade uh, guy pops up. You know, Stephen A. Smith, for what it's worth, has said the Knicks would be Lillard's first choice if he does request a trade. Cool. <laughs> You're just upset because he's going to bring Jason Tatum with him. Uh, you know, this is, who this knows- is
4: a, a, a pigs will fly statement to me, <laughs> but yes.
5: I mean, listen, who knows what the, what their plan is ultimately and which stars will come available. But yeah, to me, that's what what would make me nervous as a Knicks fan is it just feels like the front office is treating this team like it's a lot closer to a title than it really is.
4: Yeah, or just closer to like respectability. I, yeah. I you know, I think that the job that that Tibbs did last year was great and he would have gotten my vote for coach of the year, but like, okay, that season's over with. And I don't think that last season is connected to this season in a way that benefits New York. And, you know, you brought up the team that it reminded you of in Miami. It reminds me of that Phoenix Suns team from, I want to say, what was that? Oh, 2015, like 2014. Team. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. They won 48 after winning 25. They were, and it just completely accelerated their rebuild and and really did a lot of damage that they needed Chris Paul basically to dig them out of. Um, okay, should we be? I, I think we should be like more positive now. I feel okay. like we haven't really shouted out any winners except the Heat at the top, really. Um, <laughs> Do you have any? Do you have any others, or do you want me to to drop a few?
5: Uh, you can drop a few, and then I might, I might sprinkle in with a few signings that I really love randomly. But but you can tell me some winners. Tell me some winners.
4: Okay, I love what the Utah Jazz did. Your favorite team, the Utah Jazz. Um, All I want to
5: say is, people talk about giving people their flowers a lot now. Where are my flowers for calling the Jazz as a second round exit? N- where, they're nowhere. <laughs> Sorry, you're not getting them. <laughs> they're nowhere. Uh, all right. I, I mean, they picked up Rudy Gay today, which was a great pickup for them. Tell me what else you like about the chat
4: Once again, just hijacking all of my points, but it's oh. it's, it's, not, it's not a big deal. No, I do love, I love the Rudy Gay signing, and I love the fact that they were able to get Mike Conley to come back to them at a price that is significantly lower than what Chris Paul signed for and significantly lower than what Kyle Lowry signed for, and he is younger than they are and— I don't think he's as good, but he's very, very good. He's mm-hmm. He was the best pull-up three-point shooter in the NBA last season. Um, on I had it in my uh, a column I recently wrote about the point guard musical chairs. I can't remember right now off the top of my head on the minimum attempts, but it was a lot. I think it was 100 or 200 pull-up threes. Um, and he was the most accurate in the entire league, and that is a critical skill. And he could have – I mean, he had leverage over mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz as well. So for him to – to go back on that contract is just really really significant for them and it's gonna be interesting like if is Rudy I mean their, their offseason isn't over but is Rudy gay like their backup five um, maybe that's that's fascinating and that's what they need because if they had a backup five last year um, like Ooh. that then maybe they wouldn't have lost to the Los Angeles Clippers when the clippers went small um so we actually have some breaking news Rohan
5: oh are you no ready way. for it I'm yeah. not. Is it actual breaking news or are you messing yeah, with me? It?
4: Yeah, it's actually something we can talk about that is okay. pretty funny. The Philadelphia 76ers have signed Andre Drummond to a 1-year deal.
5: No way. Okay, I thought it was about to be Iguodala. Drummond, what's he going to get from them?
4: I he's taken the Dwight minutes? Like
5: No, no, I mean, like, money-wise, are they signing oh, him to a minimum? That's,
4: that's got to be the... I, I mean, I, I don't know. I There's no I, way
5: he's only getting the minimum, is he? It's got to be well, one I mean, of that, the exceptions.
4: I mean, he's getting paid from... Who's paying him still? I guess Detroit would still be paying him. Cleveland, Um, Cleveland still. I don't know. Yeah, Cleveland still. I've lost track of the last. How could they do that? Drummond's
5: going to be in the same locker room as Embiid, like his number one tormentor. That's he's got to go up against him in practice every day. That's got to be tough, man. It's like it's like you're like coming home and your mom being like, "Guess who's coming over for dinner?" And it's like the kid who's been bullying you in middle school. It's (laughs) oh, that's (laughs) tough.
4: So, that's someone who...
5: So, they're a winner now, right? We're putting the Sixers in the the winner category now because of that one?
4: They, I mean, they were, like, staunchly in my TBD list just because of Simmons. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a big, that's a big matzo ball out there. Um, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, like, <laughs> I, I don't... Like, Drummond doesn't he doesn't make your your best players better so I know there, there probably won't be a significant financial cost here but it is a roster spot and I guess you do need some Joel Embiid insurance for the assumption during the regular season that he will get hurt and maybe they're gonna be more careful with his minutes load mm. this upcoming season I, I don't I don't know but I'm sure that that was a factor in the planning but he can't play with Embiid, so in the playoffs he's... I mean,
5: do you think last year at the start of the playoffs the Lakers would have traded Drummond for Dwight if they could have?
4: Uh, in a heartbeat, yeah.
5: Right, so that's really all there is to say about this move. I mean, listen, it makes sense. It's not mm. It's not what is important for them this offseason. Obviously, they just need someone to soak up some minutes. Could you imagine if Simmons is... There's no way Simmons is on this roster at the start of the season, right? If Simmons and Drummond have to play a minute together this year, something will have gone terribly wrong. <laughs> them
4: being... Yeah, I mean, them being on the floor together, those it'll minutes. Just, it, it'll
5: be like players tripping minutes. O, It'll be like tripping over... People tripping over themselves to figure out who to foul first. Yeah, <laughs>
4: it, it's... Oh man, yeah, that's that's something I really want to think about. It's not aesthetically pleasing. Um, I mean, there are some Simmons trades, real quick that I've i recently oh, saw one. You
5: on, want more Simmons? Okay.
4: No, I don't want to. I don't want to get like too bogged down in this conversation. But um, there was one on on ESPN that I saw that was Simmons to Sacramento for uh, Buddy Hield, um, Marvin Bagley, and Halliburton. And I I thought that that was, like, pretty interesting. Um, I don't know why
5: the Kings would do that.
4: You don't know why the Kings would do that? Okay. Heald Um,
5: and Halliburton. Can I tell you my Ben Simmons fake Kings trade? Sure. Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris for Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald. And then maybe you throw in Bagley, too.
4: Sure, those are some names. Those are some names. I just don't see the
5: Kings. Why would the Kings move off Halliburton now? Um, Simmons and
4: De'Aaron Fox on the same team would be pretty interesting. That would be pretty. And you good. could play Simmons like at the five. Power or forward. As, as, yeah. As, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyway, let's let's get off of this. It's it's too depressing <laughs> right Can now. Can I tell you
5: some signings I really liked? Some of the under radar ones I really liked.
4: Yes, you may.
5: Okay, first of all, obviously Bobby Portis going back to Milwaukee. I do think Portis, uh, I hate to say this because I love him. We both love him. Was slightly overrated by the end of that Bucks run. Like people already How forgot.
4: dare you? People oh already goodness. forgot him
5: getting cooked by Chris Paul in game one of the finals somehow and how he barely played in that net series. But he's a valuable player. He's going to soak up minutes for them. Fan favorite. Good for Milwaukee bringing him back. How about JaVale McGee to the Suns? I love that signing. I think he's going to do great playing with their guards. I think James Jones. To me, the big thing about that Chris Paul contract, if it means Robert Sarver's committed to ponying up money to keep this team together, then it's a good thing. People can complain about that last year, etc. It keeps their title window open. If we're going to criticize owners for not paying to keep teams together, then we gotta we gotta say it's good when they do get kept together. So I like the Javale signing, and I'm ultimately pro Chris Paul. So. Those are just a couple moves um, I really liked. We we talked about Rudy Gay. I think it's a really nice pickup for the Jazz and a little bit of a coup. I, I think every contender was in on him or should have been at the very least. So the fact that he picked Utah, I think, is great. And I, I wanted also, him on the
4: cell. I wanted him on the cell. Yeah, so I, I
5: wanted him on it. the Heat. So
4: mm.
5: and I also really like Otto Porter to the Wizards. I my prediction for early for right now. You're going to see Otto Porter closing a lot of games over Andrew Wiggins this season.
4: That sounds like a disaster for the
5: Warriors. I'm just I think he's going to find a role for himself on this team. And I think that he's <laughs> if he can be healthy, this is a good fit for him
4: by um Tanya Harding uh Andrew Wiggins. By simply
5: by simply hitting his threes, staying out of the way on offense, especially once Clay is healthy as well.
4: Okay. That's that's fair. I mean the the Warriors are like their own conversation right now. And um they're very interesting and they just signed reportedly Steph to a massive Two hundred plus million dollar extension.
5: And Weren't you? D- d- didn't you make your SI debut by basically saying the Warriors should have traded Steph? <laughs>
4: no, incorrect. My <laughs> my SI debut was a column about the precariousness of Steph. I
5: see. I see
4: situation and possible extension in that um, they're kind of they they're in. The exact position that I I wrote about that they'd be in, which is okay. Like, we're not good enough to win the title. Possibly, I mean, I I don't know if I I don't know if I would call them a contender with Clay coming back. They're a contender
5: to me. They're a contender to me. I really do think so.
4: Okay, if Clay comes back
5: a couple months into the season, I think they're going to be really good.
4: But so, would you be? Surprised if they won the championship as currently constituted? You know, with Wiseman, with these two young rookies, do you think they need to make more moves? Like,
5: Let me put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the title this season, but I would be surprised if they won it with the current roster. Okay. I and, think that and, they're going to make a move. And it doesn't even have to be for a star. I just think that they need a little bit more depth. Mm-hmm. I, but I think they're a move away. But they I basically... I
4: think Swapped uh, Bazemore for Otto Porter which I don't, I don't know about that one and they're going to lose Kelly Oubre um, in all likelihood
5: who... so much of this frankly does depend on Clay but I mean if they get Igadala back we know what he can do playing with those guys I just think that Mike, I think Steph is such a big floor raiser that guys like Otto Porter and Igadala or whoever they bring in benefit so much by playing off of him that they don't like auto porter is going to be way better on the Warriors than he was on the bulls it's just how it works we saw it with blake griffin like he was he couldn't dunk a, no i a, know many more i, I got so, you
4: i got so you fit so matters context matters that,
5: that's what i'm banking on more so than them necessarily bringing in these great talents it's just find guys who can excel in a role playing off of steph
4: no i, I hear you um but my column, I'm just trying to angle it so that my column was
5: correct. I see, even I though see. It, I respect it, it, that. Well, it, that you. I can respect. That I can respect. <laughs>
4: um, is there any other, are there any other uh, winners, losers, surprises, players who are still available, who interest you? Anything else you want to chat about?
5: I mean, what is going to happen with DeMar Rosen? What's going to happen with Dennis Schroeder? Cap Space is tying up. What's gonna happen with Victor Oladipo? The Heat still have his cap hold. Uh there's just a, a bunch of guys. I mean, there were a ton of free agents this year. Cap Space has dried up. One of the losers I had, by the way, was Cap Space, only because the Bulls are the only team seemingly able to make something work with it. Uh you saw the Mavs, Pelicans, and Knicks all kind of strike out to a degree. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys still on the board. There's a lot of guys still on the board.
4: A lot of guys still on the board. Oladipo is fascinating, um, given all the injuries that he's suffered. I love DeMar DeRozan. I've come Mm -hmm. around on him in a a major way, and watching the postseason, especially watching the finals, I I could see him having just the type of impact with his game that some of the the key players in that series did offensively. Wow.
5: even though the Spurs were better with him off the floor last year,
4: well, their offense was better with him on the floor. But yes, their their overall they were not as good when he was on the court, and that's basically a career long trend for Demar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see. It should be interesting. Um, I mean, I I guess like real quick, we've I know we've mentioned the Bulls here and there, but I I, I don't know. Like, do you think that they're Winners so far? I, think- I
5: had them as a winner. I really like Caruso. I really like Caruso. I think he's... I, when you're not asking him to do too much, and I don't think they're going to ask him to do a lot more than the Lakers did, another guy who can be a star in his role, and I think Caruso, Ball, and Levine could all play together at times. They all complement each other. Mm-hmm. They still need to figure out their front court. Lowry Marketing's another guy we don't know what's going to happen with. Uh, you know the vooch trade is in the past now. It is what it is, but I think they they improved their team. They got in guys who I think are going to only get better during the life's lives of their contracts. And I think they addressed at least okay. Our defense is maybe a little bit of a concern with Levine and Vooch as our best players. How can we compliment them? I think they did, they did that. So I'm expecting them to be pretty pretty solid, if not necessarily. You know, I don't think they'll be great next year, but they are a winner to me. I think they unquestionably improved.
4: I agree. I'm sorry. I, I thought this was – I'm looking at you my You looked phone at your right phone now. in
5: such a suggestive manner, like something big had gone down, like Simmons was, for Lillard had just happened. That was I, the look you had.
4: Well, I, I get the tweet notifications from Shams and Woj, and I get upset when they tweet anything that isn't related, that isn't like, <laughs> yeah, transaction-related. That's tough. Related. That's so, tough. Sh- Shams just tweeted um, Kyrie Irving's statement after his comments about his sneaker and Nike. (laughs) Um, So I don't. That's not very interesting to me. I'm sorry. Um, Okay. Well, I I guess that does it for today's show. Um, You know, Rohan, you and I will be back next week. Chris and I will be back later this week to, to cover... I mean, there's still so much free agency news that has to develop. All the players that we ma- we mentioned who are unsigned. Uh, please, 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 please um, keep sending those emails in to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Um, we're in the thick of the offseason right now. This is exciting. Team USA is still alive. A um, lot of free agency news. And... Um, Everybody stay safe and we'll uh, we'll see you on the other side.
1: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals,
2: to start listening.